Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Tiva, and... I'm just going to go ahead and preemptively apologize for whatever may or may not come out of my mouth this episode. I am some of the most tired I've ever been in my entire fucking life. And you know whose fault it is. Oh, God. Okay, we're off to a rocky start. So to break the fourth wall a little bit, I have to pre-record this week's episode. So I'm actually recording on Thursday, right before the weekend, because tomorrow morning, so Friday morning, um, last Friday for you guys, I love how I'm acting like you you don't understand how time works. Um, I have to fly to Ohio for a wedding. And the way that I have complained about this wedding I mean, first, there was an entire rant in last week's episode about weddings. And quite frankly, there might be another rant about weddings in this week's episode if I don't die from fucking exhaustion first. No, but real talk, I've had I've had a lot going on. So I um, I've been working really, really hard on the nervous system course and other updates in the Blush Academy. Plus, I'm constantly doing research to give you guys the best fucking content ever. Plus, you know, there's a lot of back end stuff that goes on with podcasts, like a lot of production stuff, which takes up a lot of fucking time. And um, out of the past 36 hours, I think I've worked 30 to 32 of those nonstop, literal working that entire time. I've slept maybe three hours it is, excuse me, I just burped. I don't know if the mic picked it up. It was like a really cute, dainty burp too. You know, when I was a kid um, in elementary school, the boys would always do like burping contests and like burping the alphabet and stuff. And I have a really hard time burping. It's actually like a condition that I have. I mean, it's a self-diagnosed condition. It's, you know, on par with hypochondria. It's not like a real medical condition, but I do have a really hard time burping. And it was a bit of a problem when I was a baby because I would spit up a lot. And it's continued to be a problem into adulthood. Like if I'm not really careful, I will spit up because I have a really hard time burping. Now I'm not saying it's impossible, but I I don't know, just something, it just does, I don't like it's something, I, I don't know, maybe my diaphragm never came in. I don't really know what it is. But um, but yeah, I have a bit of a hard time burping. And um, where was I go? Oh, oh, oh. So in elementary school, when the boys would do these like burping contests and stuff, 
I was always really insecure because I couldn't like burp loud. Like I still can't really burp loud. Like it takes a lot for that to happen. Um, who knows? Maybe if I chugged beer or something. I don't drink beer though. Anyway, in elementary school, it really fucked with my head that I couldn't do the burping contest because as it turns out, I was like a pick me girl as a child. Like I was a fucking pick me toddler. Like I was out there in early elementary school being like, oh, I'm one of you guys. Like I'm not a stupid girl. I'm one of the boys. No, I mean, I did. I did really only have female friends. So it wasn't that extreme, but I did really enjoy. I will never forget one time when I was in maybe the first grade, we had to do projects on, um, we could pick an animal to do a project on. And I'm sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. I literally just coughed into the mic. <laughs> it's, my exhaustion is at a new level. Anyway, we had to do projects and pick an animal to do a project on. And I picked bats. I don't really know why. Like, I think it's so funny how deep this runs. I think I just did. I wanted to do something unexpected. Like I didn't want to do a fucking rabbit, you know, like I just, I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to switch it up. I wanted to do something outside of my norm. So I picked bats. And then I remember later overhearing a group of the boys, like kind of the cool boys in class being like, how cool is it that Heva did a project on bats like I did not see that coming I thought she was gonna pick some kind of like girly ass animal and then she picked bats like isn't that so fucking cool like maybe she's cooler than we thought and that is when that was the exact moment where it sounded off alarm bells in my head and I was like oh okay so like if I act a little less girly, then that'll make me cool to guys. And that's how my long history of being a pick me bitch started. And it's something I'm really not proud of. And I love the past few years stepping more and more into my femininity, which I will say is like maybe not as like feminine as what well, I don't know how the fuck are we defining feminine um but like maybe I'm not as stereotypically girly but like really leaning into the parts of me that are instead of hiding them like I remember I used to watch Bravo in secret so when I lived in DC I had two TVs I had one in my bedroom and one in the living room I would only record Bravo shows on the bedroom TV so that when people were over in the living room, if they were looking through my, like we were looking through my DVR to pick something to watch, there would be no Bravo. There would be nothing that I thought wasn't cool enough or good enough, you know, because it was too girly. Like I only recorded South Park and I was going to say football, but I don't think I recorded football because what kind of fucking loser does that? Anyway, um, yeah, the past few years, really just embracing the full spectrum of who I am. And, you know, sometimes that's more kind of stereotypically girly traits. And that's great because guess what? I fucking love girls. Like, I love women. Like, I don't like the fact that I spent so much of my life trying to be not only be someone I'm not, which in and of itself is so cringe, but then that person that I was trying to be is also someone who 
is less girly or like not like other girls. And, you know, like I would take so much pride in being complimented by guys like, oh, you're not like other girls. Whereas now I'm like, that's a fucking insult. I love other girls. Like I would would like to be more like other girls, you know, (laughs) other girls are fucking amazing. Bring it on. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that on that and moving right along. (laughs) God knows what. I mean, when I tell you I'm running on fumes like this is, it's not usually like this. I mean, listen, sometimes it's like this because as my loving, doting, amazing boyfriend pointed out the other day, I don't have the best time management skills. Now, I don't think I have the worst either. But I I think there's room for improvement in how I manage my time, especially weeks like this when I'm really, really fucking busy. But also a lot about this week was honestly unavoidable, like this wedding (laughs) that I might have to bomb. Like, it's not funny anymore. Like, one of my best friends is getting married and all I've done is shit on her wedding. And luckily she doesn't listen to the podcast, but if she did... If she did and she was like, hey, you bitch, like this is the happiest day of my life and all you've done is complain about it, I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. Fair fucking enough. Like you have every right to be upset with me. Um, But you know, whatever. She doesn't listen so we can keep talking shit. Um, No, what was I saying? Like literally, what was I saying? Where was I going with this? I have no fucking clue. Anyway, um... I bought this red light device from my favorite kind of like biohacky company, Bond Charge. I've talked about them before. I am so fucking obsessed with their sleep mask. Now it's it's aggressive. It's not like a cute dainty like Audrey Hepburn with the lashes and I'm going to pull it up and look in the mirror and be so pretty. No, it's like it's like Andrew Huberman. It's like, like it's like a bear put on a sleep mask. I don't I literally don't know what I'm saying. Like I, I do know what that means, but I don't know if anyone like like if a bear were to put on a sleep mask, does that mean anything to anyone or just just me. I just mean it's like rough and <laughs> okay. Okay. I've lost mastery of the English language. Let's just move along. I do really like their sleep mask though, because it's, they're kind of like goggles. And so you actually can open your eyes inside of the sleep mask. Like it's not like it doesn't push your eyes down at all, which kind of freaks me out, which also reminds me, I had this really close friend in high school. I've talked shit about her on the podcast before. <laughs> I don't remember what nickname I used, probably various ones just to throw people off. Um, I have talked shit about her on the podcast before because you know what? I'm tired enough that I'm going to get into this. She has this very cringe personality trait. We've not been friends in a while. Um, we had a bit of a falling out, not like because we had a fight or anything, but because I like borderline <laughs> exited her from a moving vehicle one time. It wasn't actually moving, but it may as well have been moving. And I definitely told this story, so I'm not going to repeat it. But it was um like she came to she was in D.C. She didn't live in D.C. at the time. And there was something with another friend and we were going to our friend's birthday party. Although my friend and I ended up not going because we took these drugs and they ended up being like really, really psychedelic. <laughs> we were just like not right <laughs> and had to go home. That story. I told it a few episodes ago. Just go back and listen to it. Anyway, she has this. And you know what? If she listens, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. But like someone needs to tell you she has this 
insanely cringy personality trait where she like her entire personality seems to be being obsessed with caviar and of course I don't hang out with her so I'm sure she has some other substance to her in real life other than being obsessed with caviar but I guess what I want to say is like being obsessed with something that is either like really, really expensive or mind altering is not a personality trait and it's not something you need to brag about. Like I remember when we were younger, remember rap songs and stuff were always like, oh yeah, look at me. I party so much and I like smoke so much weed. And it's like, are you bragging about like using a lot of mind-altering substances like that's not like you don't need to brag about that like everyone like the people like drinking for a reason people like smoking pot for a reason like you don't need to brag about that it's like bragging about eating cake it's like yeah no shit like it's like it's altering your brain to feel good you know what you could brag about it would be not drinking like someone make a rap song about not drinking someone make a rap song about not smoking pot like those are accomplishments but fucking going out and getting drunk that's not an accomplishment that's everyone wants to do that like the accomplishment is doing something that's actually hard so you don't need to brag about eating a lot of caviar it's like what like okay cool you know why it really bothers me is because she was so progressive when we were in high school, like so progressive. And she was always like a big animal lover. And I was always like the dumb cunt (laughs) that was just saying really fucked up shit and just so insecure. Like I was so insecure. And so I would project in these kind of crazy ways and just try to be like, harder than I am and be like fuck animals I don't like animals again that was kind of my pick me girl shit because I thought you know being into animals or being into the planet or being into other people's feelings or having a conscience or feminine traits and so like in an effort to be a pick me girl and be like look I'm so cool I'm so chill I'm not like other girls I was like yeah I don't give a fuck about animals bring me the stick Ooh, I want it bloody and shit like that and um, she was always just like this wonderful person who really cared about the environment and animals and other people and stuff like that and the fact that now I'm vegan and she literally seems to have a personality that has one singular trait and that's eating caviar (laughs) it just kind of blows my mind like how that could happen and some of the ways that she'll post about it gives very like um um like eat the rich uh, not eat the rich sorry it gives very um uh, let them eat bread, like very, um, like, you know, like elitist, like, I don't give a fuck type energy. I can't explain it, but it, it's so cringy. And then speaking of cringy, listen, if you want to eat caviar, eat caviar. Sure. Like if you're not going to give a fuck that, oh, female fish was brutally murdered and her eggs were ripped out of her body so that you can sit there and pay like thousands of dollars for a spoonful of caviar by all means go the fuck off I'm Persian we're from the Caspian Sea I grew up eating the best caviar out there okay I get it I like caviar too I just have morals but whatever (laughs) no but in all seriousness you know I don't like ever really come down like if you want to eat caviar eat caviar 
downgrade to it and do it the right way. Like do it in a classy way. Don't fucking put it on your fist and then do it, quote unquote, caviar bump, like the douchebag that you fucking are, okay? If you are even a little bit into the idea of doing a quote unquote caviar bump, do yourself a favor and go get yourself in a 5150 because you need to be mentally evaluated, okay? It is hands down the douchiest thing I've ever seen anyone do. And I know douchebags, okay? I fucked a lot of weird ass dudes, okay? <laughs> I know douchebags firsthand. And that is so fucking douchey. Like, what is it? I don't know. Okay, let's move on because this is getting really aggressive. And I don't think she listens to the podcast, but one time, just one time, it was after I did that episode last summer. Um, where I talked about my dog, Sam, and how she herniated another disc and she was on strict rest. She DM'd me and she was like, I'm so sorry to hear about your dog because her dog had had this, her family dog like a million years ago had had a thing like that. And um, I was like, oh, how do you know? And she's like, from your podcast. And I didn't follow up with like, do you listen? Um, which I really should have. And frankly, I would have made fun of this caviar thing sooner, <laughs> if not for the fact that I thought that maybe she does listen. I don't know. Um, I don't think she would listen, though. And if she is, I'm so sorry. But again, like, what happened to you? Like, actually, what happened to you? Like, you used to have morals and ethics and, like, you were so much better of a person than I ever was. And now it's like, it's, I don't know, to me, it's like constantly posting about eating something that is, you know, very like associated with being extremely expensive. Like, it's like, what do you try? Like, are you trying to convince someone that you're really, really rich? I don't know. I just, it's, it's to me, it's in the same vein as people who are constantly posting like designer stuff or like, I don't know, photos on their beamers or whatever. You know, it's like, have some class. Okay. <laughs> um, Should we like rename the podcast from blush to just mindless aggression? Because <laughs> just two weeks in a row where I'm really alienating people. Okay, moving right along. Um, So I've been having a lot of fun with my blush, um, neural rewiring practices. And the other day I was in, actually, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. Oh, okay. I forgot how we got on this bizarre tangent. I honestly don't know, but I was talking about this company bond charge and how I got their red light device. And, um, by the way, if you want to order shirt from bond charge, use code HIVA, H-I-W-A. I believe that's the code. I could be wrong. In which case you won't get the discount. <laughs> I think that's the code though. Um, anyway, I ordered a red light device from them and it's a company that I really, really trust. And and so, yeah, I like I thought their red light device would be good. And I'm not talking about like those masks, you know, I have like the Dr. Dennis Gross mask. Ozzy and I call it Bot Girl um, because one time <laughs> a few summers ago, I posted a photo of myself with the 
mask on my face and in my Instagram stories. And I wrote bot girl summer. It was around the time of hot girl summer. And he thought it was really funny. And I agree. I'm witty as fuck sometimes. <laughs> and so now we just call the mask bot girl. Anyway, so it's not that it's um, one of those that's more like medical and it penetrates deeper, yada, yada. Anyway, so I ordered it. And I specifically ordered it because I thought it could really help with my gut stuff if I put the red light directly on my gut. And then I had a thought. And I remember, do you guys remember um, in February, I did an episode where I talked about perineum sunning. And now I didn't invent perineum sunning. It was a TikTok trend a while ago. But I tried it when I was in Australia when we went down to Tasmania you're on this beach that was completely empty. And so I lay down and I, you know, put my legs over my head, like way over my head. I was just kind of egg shaped and just really pointed my taint up at the sun. And I said that it felt intensely good. It felt right. It felt like what was supposed to happen. I can't explain it, but have you ever been somewhere and you're like, I'm in the right place or you do something and you're like, I made the right decision or you eat something and you're like, my body needed this today. You know, like when you're thirsty, but maybe you don't even notice that you're thirsty and then you have a sip of water and you're like, holy shit, like my body needed water. That's what it felt like. My taint needed sunlight. Now, unfortunately, as a result of living in New York City and, you know, giving a modicum of a shit about what people think. I just don't have a ton of opportunities to taint, to sun my asshole. Um, I mean, I could, I don't really have outdoor space. I do have a fire escape that I sometimes like to use as a balcony because I find it to be very like urban and chic. So I guess I could go stand on my fire escape and then just like bend over and just like point my asshole at the air. But I feel like I could get arrested for that. And if not arrested, I do think my neighbors would really, really not appreciate that. And I recently um, met some of my neighbors. You know, there are a few doors down, so not in my building, but people who live a few doors down. And I think they're very, very, very cool, like very cool, like this very cool couple. And I'd really like it if they liked me and didn't think that I was a psycho who stands on the fire escape and points her taint at the sky. So I'm going to go ahead and not do that. So anyway, I was holding the red light device and I was like, you know what I could do with a red light device? I could point it at my taint and do a little like perineum red light. Like what's better than that? Because guess what? The sun has some harmful rays and the ozone is not doing too hot anymore. So... This seems like a safer alternative. So I've done it every day for like three days now. And I have to tell you, it feels fucking good. And I don't know what it is, but when I do it, it's like I like don't even want to be in bed anymore because I just pull it in bed with me before I want to get up. And then I, you know, I just like kind of put it down like facing Okay, so I put it like right below my butt facing up at my body and then I like drape my legs over top it so that way it kind of gets my full like vulva perineum area. It doesn't really get the asshole too much unless I <laughs> lift my tailbone up and kind of curve my spine, but I can only do that for so long. Anyway, 
it feels really, really nice. Like I feel like it instantly energizes me, quite frankly, if not for using the red light box on my taint this morning, I think I might be dead. I think I might be dead because I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I think I've worked 30 to 32 hours out of the last 36 hours. And I'm not talking waking hours. I'm talking hours, hours, like all of all the hours in the day. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyway, um... So yeah, I'm going to keep doing it and I will report what changes I notice, if any, um, including if there's any side effects, like, I don't know, burning the shit out of my genitalia. I'll let you know if that happens. Okay, moving right along. Um, (laughs) One thought I was having the other morning while I was doing this And then I threw a red light device on my face too, one that's like designed for the skin, you know, and I was just kind of like red lighting my whole body. I mean, it was a, it was, it was very biohacky meets, um, slutty and (laughs) that is my vibe. (laughs) Um, no, but one thing I was thinking about while I was there and I was kind of meditating was this concept of short-term gains versus long-term gains and, how these things overlap or differ or whatever. And I was thinking a lot of the time, these things are at conflict, right? Like we make decisions for short-term short-term pleasure that often, oh my God, I'm just going to start that sentence over. We make decisions for short-term pleasure that often cause us to have longer-term pain. And long-term doesn't have to be long, long-term. Sometimes it's, you know, just longer. Like, for example, we go out and party tonight, right? Like, in the short-term, it feels great. You're out, you're drinking, you're, like, in a rap song, you're bragging about how much alcohol and weed and (laughs) caviar you can have. And then you wake up the next day and you feel like shit, right? Or let's say you, like, eat something really indulgent. It feels really nice, like a moment on the lips. (laughs) But then, like, the next day you feel like shit because it, like, your gut's in disarray or whatever. Or, um... Obviously, there's longer long-term, but I don't really like to think that long-term. Or, you know, like putting off, like procrastinating, right? Like it's often like we're just trading short-term pleasure for long-term pain. And then there's the alternative. There's, you know, eating something healthy where sometimes like, okay, if you choose to eat like broccoli instead of a chocolate chip cookie, that's a little bit of like short-term less pleasure for longer-term gains. Okay, you get what I'm saying. Anyway. Anyway, what I was thinking is when you start to sacrifice short-term pleasure in exchange for longer-term pleasure, (laughs) I guess, over time, if you keep doing that, then it starts to even out because you will start to get more short-term benefits and pleasure from the things that bring you long-term benefits and pleasure. For example, when you start eating healthy, in the beginning it might be kind of hard, but then your palate changes and you actually start to crave the healthy foods because like your body associates them with good things and also just getting off of like highly palatable 
processed foods then changes a lot of the neurochemicals in your brain and then you just start to get more pleasure out of simpler things. And so then the short-term benefits start to become equal to the long-term benefits. Like I eat healthy because I genuinely enjoy it. Like what I'm craving right now, I'm so hungry. I'm craving melons. Like that is what I'm craving. I'm not even like if a chocolate chip cookie was in front of me, I wouldn't even want it. Like that's, that's where I'm at. Like I wouldn't even desire it. Um, so yeah, that's just a PSA for making better decisions. No, but really, like think about it. When you first start working out, it sucks. But then you start to kind of get into it and it actually becomes more pleasurable in the short term for you. So just a little motivation. Like when you make decisions, think about like, is this decision going to bring me pleasure in the short term? Is it going to be bring me pleasure in the long term? Or is it going to bring me pleasure in both? And ideally, you want to live a life where it brings you pleasure in both. But if it's going to bring you benefits in the long term, still make those decisions, even if it causes you pain in the short term. Because the more you make those types of decisions, the more, A, obviously you get the long-term benefit, but also it's going to rewire your brain to actually enjoy these things in the immediate, in the now also. So there's that. Um, okay, let's see what else did we want to talk about today. Um, okay, just like a few notes on things that will be helpful for like career and success and things like that. I was thinking about all the really successful people I know and all of the people I know who like really, really, really are not successful. And I think that there are like themes. I think there's loser energy and I think that there is like success mentality and loser energy is victimizing. Like I see it in all of my friends who like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be harsh because like I'm too tired to be anything else, like are kind of losers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, like my friends who, you know, have had goals that they really have not been able to meet. And I don't mean like we're all working towards things, right? Have I met all of my goals? No. But I have friends who like really are really failing at their careers, like re like have set out to do things and are nowhere near close and have all but given up or maybe actually given up and not given up in like a, oh, this actually isn't aligned for me kind of way, but just, you know, like they're your friends, you know. And what all of these people have in common is they have victim energy. They find themselves constantly being victims of their circumstances instead of having a more empowered approach. Like one way I saw that a lot was when Instagram introduced reels, there was this massive shift where Instagram would no longer like push out static posts and would only push out video content. And a lot of creators were really, really upset about it. And I get like, if you've built a whole career around, you know, taking static photos and all all of a sudden there's this change in the platform, it's going to hit you. But there were so many people who adapted, who started learning video, who started, you know, learning how to edit video. And there are so many apps nowadays that make it so easy. It's not like you have to like use professional video editing software like this bitch does. <laughs> My God, there's something wrong with me today, you guys. <laughs> okay. No, but really like 
there are there are so many resources but instead of you know and so many people did that I even know wedding photographers and their job is to take static photos they're not wedding videographers people hire them to take photos at their weddings they hire other people to make videos so their job is truly not video but I've seen them really adapt and just use static photos and make reels and that gets them you know uh, the promotion that they need. But then I have friends who were like, you know, whatever, like I have a friend who, um, we'll call her Fiona. Um, Fiona, uh, like was first trying to just like start a food blog and stuff. And then she kind of started her own business where she would sell food related goods and obviously would use Instagram to promote all of these things. And the amount of bitching and whining and complaining that she did when Instagram uh, made the shift to reels, when really she could have made reels, like she could have even just taken one of her static photos and turned it into a video. But instead she was so stuck in victim energy. I have other friends who just are constantly and like the worst of these people are the people who then make it a righteous cause, right? Like I have a friend who, although we're like really not friends anymore, we have not spoken in quite some time, but um, she's blonde. She's from California. She's white. She, you know, she didn't grow up with like a ton of financial abundance or anything, but like fine enough. Like they didn't grow up in like fucking poverty. You know what I mean? But like she's very, very, very pretty, like so beautiful, like so beautiful that when I look at her, I like when she's around, I can't even look at other people. I'm captivated by her beauty. She's smart. She's funny. She's talented. Like she has a lot of things that other people don't have, like not just white privilege, but like pretty privilege, smart privilege, like not poor privilege, fucking like, you know, she's like, she grew up in like a Christian household. So like, you know, she's not like Jewish or like, you know what I mean? She's really not a member of any group, any group that is, you know, facing systemic injustices, yet she continuously finds a way to like poo-poo on other people's success and be like, well, it's because they have this and they have that and they have this and they have that. And like, I didn't grow up with this and I didn't grow up with that. And it's like, you're literally not like, this is not like you just have victim energy that you've now rebranded as being a social justice warrior. When you are none of these things, all you're doing is complaining. So anyway, I guess what I'm saying is if you want to be successful, you're really going to have to overcome victim mentality. Like victim mentality is loser fucking energy. And if you look around at people who are doing well and you find the urge to tear them down, that is fucking loser energy and you need to stop. And frankly, I mean, you need to get to the bottom of why you're doing it. Um, may I recommend the Blush Academy for helping you uncover that? No, but seriously, like talk to a therapist. Like I don't care what kind of inner work you have to to do, but like you're not going to get ahead in life if you do that. And on the other hand, all the people I know who are really, really successful, look at other people's success as motivating instead of being like, well, she has this because of this, or like, I don't have that because like I have this injustice instead, or like, you know, Instagram uh, changed its algorithm and it's hurting me. Instead, they see opportunities in things, they see lessons in things, and they see 
role models in other people. So yeah, that's my two cents on that. Um, oh, and another thing for career stuff while we're at it. Um, I recently saw the study. So I'd always heard like mixed things on this. Some people are like, oh, if you have a goal, you should tell everyone because that'll hold you accountable. And then I've also heard the reverse. I've heard people say like, no, don't share your goals with people. Well, there has been a study that uses like brain imaging to actually find that sharing your goals with other people makes you less likely to stick with them. And here's why. When you share your goals with people, you usually get like good positive feedback from them, right? Unless you're around like massive assholes, you're usually going to get like encouragement and like, wow, that's amazing. And like, blah, 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 blah. Um, now, and that's really, really lovely, right? Those are the types of people you should be around. I mean, if you get like someone poo-pooing all over you, stop talking to that person. But anyway, um, <laughs> so when you get that positive feedback, it actually activates reward centers in the brain that then like it feels really good, but then it quickly dissipates and it diminishes the likelihood that we will engage in the type of behavior that would lead to achieving that goal because essentially it activates like people's positive feedback activates the same reward centers as actually achieving the goal. So it like your brain is kind of like, oh, okay, so we're done with that. Like, so you're out here being like, I'm going to run a marathon. And everyone's like, that's amazing. And your brain's like, cool, we did it. Bye. <laughs> and yeah, so I guess, I don't know, the moral is like, don't share your goals with people, which I don't know. I think there is probably a better solution than that. Um, I don't know what it is, though, because I'm too tired, but it's something to think about. Okay, moving right along. So I was watching, um, I don't know, like last week's Roni or something, Real Housewives of New York, the reboot. And, um, you know, there's these lovely ladies on them, but then on the show, on the reboot. But there's this one Jessel, who's so fucking annoying to be around and as she's annoying to watch. And here's the thing. She's stunning, stunning, a work of art. And she's obviously super smart. And she has this amazing husband and they have these great kids and they live in a stunning, stunning apartment. Yet she's a fucking nightmare. And I feel really bad for her because like, haven't we all experienced People um, who are like the odd man out in the group, like we've all experienced that, right? Like all through elementary school, there was that, right? I remember when I was in elementary school, there was this girl, Yelena, in our class and we would always leave her out of shit. Sometimes we were cool with her. Sometimes we'd leave her out. Sometimes I was left out, um, which definitely affected me. But um, but yeah, Yelena could just be kind of difficult. And I have to say, she's one of the most beautiful people on this planet. Now that she's fully, I mean, she was stunning as a child and her mom was stunning. Like, I mean, breathtaking. She looked like, um, you know, the Barbie in the swimsuit with the black and white stripes. She had a bathing suit like that. And when I tell you this woman was flawless and she looked like exactly like that Barbie because didn't that Barbie originally have like red hair or something with like bangs, I want to say in a high ponytail. Anyway, that's what I'm picturing. Flawless woman, tall Russian beauty. And Yelena had an older sister who was also just flawless. Um, She did 
tragically pass away in a car accident like her senior year of high school like when we were in school I mean it was it was it it was one of the most devastating like you know it was four girls from that school we were in private school so we were all in the same school they got in a car accident like wrapped around a pole I think and they all passed away I mean the tragedy and like imagine losing a child imagine like that poor poor girl she was like 10 and her older sister dies like that I mean it was it was devastating anyway Yelena stunning she now models I don't know if she still models because we are kind of old as fuck like we're 35 now but in her 20s she was modeling and when I tell you this bitch is flawless like truly one of the most beautiful people on the face of the planet yet no one wanted to be around her ever she was so annoying right and like we've all kind of like in law school there were people that were like that like in all phases like I remember in my sorority in college there were always like a girl or two that no one actually liked and everyone would be annoyed if they were around. Like, it's such an unfortunate thing. And Jessel is like that in Roni. And one of my big fears in life, quite frankly, has been to be that girl. Like, it's when I get paranoid, my number one paranoia is like, oh, I'm the person that no one wants around and is actually just tolerating because they feel bad. And I was thinking about like, what makes these people so annoying and how can we make sure to not be that person? And I realized there are three things, like three skills that we can all try to master so as to not be tolerated and instead be celebrated. Like we all want to be the Jenna Lyons of the group, right? Like we all want to be the person who everyone's excited and everyone's like, God, I hope she comes to my thing and I hope she comes to my party. And like, if we're going out, like it's not a party unless she's there and like, it's not going to be fun unless she's there. And none of us want to be the Jessel, right? None of us want to be the person who's like snickered about behind her back and talked about behind her back. And the thing is, people don't just do these things to be mean. There's a reason why some people are likable and other people are not likable. And I did talk about this a lot, actually, a few episodes ago. Um, I was talking about like complaining and other things that are relationship killers. And I do think complaining is actually like one of the biggest things that makes you not likable. And um, Jessel does a lot of that. But yeah, so there are three skills that I think that we can all work on improving if we want to actually really be liked by people. And the first one is the ability to take a pause. And now this is this is a harder thing. Um, and it, it, it has two benefits. One, if you can just shut the fuck up and give other people a chance to talk, oh, you're going to be so much more likable. Like the most annoying people I know are people who won't shut the fuck up, who are just talking constantly. And listen, the irony is not lost on me, okay? I am also one of the most annoying people that I know. <laughs> and so it tracks. Um, but the other thing is, if you are able to just take a beat, take a pause in conflict, Will that do favors for you? Ooh, will that do fucking favors for you? And I really do think if you struggle to take a beat when something is wrong and you like 
immediately have to say something. You immediately have to answer the text. You immediately, like, you just can't, like, take a breath. It's one of two things or both of two things. One, you're being triggered in a deep way. And by that, I mean someone is hitting on some kind of inner child wound of yours or some kind of like shadow of yours, like something that you're suppressing and you're not like letting see the light of day or your nervous system is really dysregulated or both. And these things really do intersect because if... (laughs) just completely lost my train of thought because I'm so tired. See, this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried that my tiredness is going to lead to me not doing this episode justice. But honestly, I feel like I've talked for a long time already and I have, there's been a lot of great learning moments and takeaways from the episode already. So yeah, that's that on that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, um, they do intersect though, because if you have a lot of like unresolved childhood trauma, which can be in the form of inner child wounds and it can be in the form of shadow, like things that society has told you that are not acceptable in yourself. So you're suppressing them in yourself. All of these things are going to cause your nervous system to be highly dysregulated. And then on the other hand, when your nervous system is dysregulated, you're going to have an exceptionally hard time working through these other things because these other things you can only really work through when your body is in a state of safety and your body's not in a state of safety when your nervous system is dysregulated. So it's just this constant looping cycle, right? It's a chicken and egg situation, except we're not really trying to figure out which one comes first. We're just trying to get rid of both. So, you know, it's a chicken and egg situation in like a factory farming setting where we're just constantly slaughtering chickens. I'm so sorry that this has been vegan propaganda hour. That is never my intention, like ever, ever, ever. I think I'm really good about that, actually. Um, Okay, moving right along. (laughs) Um, Also, I just want to say, if you are someone who has like a really hard time not talking as much, I really do think that that comes from insecurity. I think the reason that people, myself included, over talk, um, aside from just like, I mean, I do just enjoy talking. No, but there is a deeper thing. Like if you're talking so much that it's like lacking self-awareness and no one else gets a word in edgewise, it usually comes from an insecure place. You're trying to show like how smart you are or how funny you are or how knowledgeable you are or how witty you are or like how many things you know or like how many cool experiences you've had like it's always like that I see it very very much in myself like when I'm over talking and not letting other people have a chance to talk I'm trying to in a way without even realizing it I'm trying to show off be like oh look how witty I am or how interesting I am or how much I can bring to the table um and a really good way to remedy this is actually skill number two two that we should all master, which is asking questions. Do you know how fucking likable it is if someone shares something and then you ask follow-up questions? And it's also a really easy way to not just talk about yourself and your own shit, but actually engage with people. You know, I um recently, a few weeks ago, spent the weekend with some people who <laughs> one person in that group like 
all she does is talk about her not even herself she really likes talking about like her work um but it's in a way where it's like she can't see how suffocating it is for other people it's like she talks at people and I realize if she just asked a few questions here and there like hey how are you or like what's going on in your life or anything like that it would land so much better or you know I was thinking about um I think in just or no, in January, I did an episode where I talked about someone I met at a holiday party and how she, I mean, when I tell you this bitch did not stop talking for like an hour straight, did not even like take a beat to inhale. I mean, the way that I wanted to set myself on fire, like I, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die in that conversation. Okay. Just like, I think I might die today from exhaustion. It was the, it was the truly one of the worst experiences of my life. If this bitch had just paused at any point and asked me a single question, even one question at any point, it would have done so much. But then think about, think about all the people you actually enjoy spending time with. What do they do? They ask you questions. Um, I have another friend who just literally when you're around her, all she does is talk about herself. All she does is talk about herself. Like, I don't think she, I don't think she knows anything about my life right now because she never, ever, ever asks me questions. So asking questions it's such a sick skill to master. And if you do it, like not only is it great for just showing interest in people and like giving other people a chance to talk, but the other way that asking questions really helps you is it can avoid so much conflict. Like if you ask clarifying questions instead of just making assumptions, I guarantee you you're, the amount of conflict that you have in your life will be halved if not more. And the third skill to master is building people up. And I think building, like at first I was thinking just like being a more positive person, but it's beyond that. It's like having positive energy and being likable to be around. At the end of the day, people like being around people because they feel good about themselves when they're around people. And people don't like being around people who make them feel like shit about themselves. And I'm not saying you should run around and exclusively compliment people. No, like a lot of times we enjoy being around people who tease us. Like I love that energy with friends where it's like you kind of like make fun of each other in a fun and teasy kind of way, but it has to be fun and teasy and not actually be putting them down because no one's going to want to be around someone who makes them feel like shit about themselves. And everyone wants to be around people who want to build them up. And it really, I think there's a fine line. And I think that line is authenticity. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this with, um, you know, Scandal. Obviously, you guys know Scandal. Even if you don't watch Bravo, you like know what the fuck happened. So Tom and Ariana were in this relationship for a really, really long time. And then he cheated with one of her best friends and blah, blah, blah. Right. I think their relationship obviously, obviously was strained when the affair began. Obviously, like that goes without saying. And I think that a lot of the issues in their relationship was that she like he always felt like she didn't actually really like love him or like him or appreciate him and 
like she never really built him up. And then he suggested they go to couples therapy after he started fucking her best friend, which is always a great time to start couples therapy. Um, But I think I, I guess his plan really was to end the relationship in therapy because he didn't know how else to do it. Anyway, when they started couples therapy, their relationship actually started improving, which, you know, is what happens. Unfortunately, he was already fucking her best friend, so it didn't really go that far as far as saving it. But, you know, he was talking to his mistress when his mistress, like during the reunion, she's like, I didn't realize you guys were like having sex again. And he's like, well, the reason we started having sex again is because she would start building me up and like complimenting me and like telling me like how good I was at like fashion and music and stuff. And it just goes like it really got me thinking about how big of an effect it has. Like he had no intentions of sleeping with her. Like he had intentions of leaving her. Instead, their relationship started getting better because she was building him up because she was showing an interest in him. And it's such a powerful thing. And honestly, all three of these things are tools that I want to start implementing into my life more because they're all things that I like. I definitely definitely, definitely need to master taking a pause when I'm triggered. Like, good God. Um, last weekend I was coming home from a birthday party. Um, so I went to a friend's birthday party in Red Hook, by the way, Red Hook, Brooklyn is so fucking cool. We were at this brewery right at the tip, like sick views of the, um, what's it called? Not Eiffel Tower, Statue of Liberty. And, um, by the way, the French made the Statue of Liberty, so it's not even that crazy. And um, yeah, so at some point I was like, you know what? I've had all the fun that I need to have today. I'm going to go home. It's like 730. If I leave now, I can walk home. It would take me like close to two hours and I'll be home in time to like walk Sam and have a nice dinner and just like chill. Right. And Ozzy, it was Ozzy's friend whose birthday it was. And like, I was like, you stay like you have fun. I just like, you know, I don't need to drink more. Like I've been here for a few hours. I feel like I've, I've done everything I need to do. I want to go home. So I walk home. I'm having this lovely walk home. But by the time I get home, I'm pretty fucking hungry and I had work to do. So the internet wasn't working. So I start contacting Spectrum. And like first I, you know, unplug the modem and the router like a normal adult, like someone, you know, who has been here, who knows how to do things. I unplug, I replug, it's not working. I keep trying, it's not working. I keep trying, it's not working. So I'm on the phone with, or I'm on, I'm chatting with customer service. I assume it's a bot because the stupid fucking bot is like, okay, we're going to fix it for you. Okay. Now here's what I need you to do. I need you to unplug the modem and then unplug the router. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, okay, wait 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, okay, now try replugging them. It should work now. And the way that I saw fucking red, I was like, you fucking idiot, artificial intelligence or artificial stupidity. Are you out of your goddamn mind? You think I didn't already try unplugging and replugging? Do you think it's my first day on this fucking planet? My mom would know to unplug and replug. My aunt with dementia, who's in an assisted living community, 
community knows to unplug and then replug. Okay. We all fucking know that if I'm talking to you, obviously that didn't work. Obviously that didn't fucking work. And this was your suggestion. I mean, the way that I, I, I lost my mind, I'm not proud of it. Now my nervous system was very, very, very dysregulated at the time I was stressed. You know, I was really, really hungry and I had a lot going on and yeah, it was, it was not cute. And I think the fact that my nervous system was so dysregulated actually is kind of perfect because, you know, I'm developing this nervous system regulation course. So if I can get my nervous system, which, you know, as it stands right now between my sleeplessness and stress levels and just like, you know, this fucking wedding that's actively ruining my life. If I can get my nervous system back on track, I can get anyone's nervous system back on track. Okay, I think that's the episode. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I could keep talking, but the more I talk, the more opportunities I'm giving for me to put my foot in my mouth. And so I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up and go eat dinner and, um, you know, try to not die tonight. I I think that's what we're going to do. And maybe next week I will try to not alienate everyone I've ever known on this show, but who knows? Cause if it hits, it hits, you know, (laughs) Okay, seriously, um, love you guys. Thanks for listening. I don't know if this is like the best episode or the worst episode I've ever done. I don't think it's somewhere in between though. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, let me know what you guys think actually though. <laughs> Unless it's bad, in which case, don't tell me, please. Okay, thanks. Um, But no, please rate, review, subscribe, share the episode with people who you think might take I don't know what from it. I'm not entirely sure. Um, Please don't send this episode to the girl with the caviar thing. Um, Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to wrap it up. But we're in September now. So there's the September giveaway. If you leave a review at the end of the month, I'm going to randomly select a winner. Um, The winner gets a free one-year membership to the Blush Academy um, I'm going to randomly select a winner. All you have to do to enter is leave a review for the show. That's it. It's so fucking easy. And the Blush Academy is sick and you get access to everything, including the upcoming nervous system course, but also everything that's there already. And it's, it's pretty flames emoji. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, okay. Love you. Bye.